Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I, I was on Hobby Hotline this morning, and it's uh, Saturday evening. Most of the conversation was about the shocking news that Fanatics is going to be taking over the baseball license and other repercussions. We had 10 co-hosts, so a lot of energy there, a lot of good questions. But this is 10 minutes of uh, commentary about that. just thought I'd rush this out uh, tonight, or maybe you'll get it in the morning. Don't usually do Sunday episodes. Thanks, sponsors, tops. <laughs> uh, I do believe Tops will still be around, but they may be around in a different form. There will be Tops cards, but you can listen and hear how I uh, respond to that. But also Panini <laughs> affected, Upper Deck eventually affected as well. Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. The hobby's on fire, but in Fuego might have a different meaning if you're at Tops right now. Feel bad for uh, those people, but hope uh, it can be constructively dealt with. So thanks, everybody. Here's the excerpts from Hobby Hotline from this morning, and thank you for listening. It's scary to think that we could have a hobby with no tops. 2026, 2027, 2028, there will be tops cards. Yes. They just, it may not be the tops company, (laughs) but there will be tops cards. There'll be flagship sets for the rest of our lives. Too powerful of a brand. But as a company, that's what the statement is here. That's a licensing entity. Yeah. Major League Baseball and Players Association think they can do better with somebody else steering the ship. So question for everybody is brand loyalty. Will collectors snub fanatics and only deal with tops? We're going to have to collect something. I don't think right? so. What about Fleer? Fleer's owned by Upper Deck now. The brand's leaf, they're like a caterpillar and a butterfly. There will always be tops cards. They just may be produced by a different company. Yeah. And Michael Eisner won't get his $600 million payday now. Michael Eisner. (laughs) Womp, womp. Let's face it. When you're offered 10x what the previous contract was, you're going to take that money. Period. End of sentence. That's... Well, Rich, it's the potential for 10x. I don't think it's a, a firm 10x. It's... It's a joint venture. It's pretty exciting to do a joint venture if you're Major League Baseballs and the Players Association because you're going to share in the profits. They obviously think not only will Fanatics do a better job and make more money themselves, but the players in the leagues are going to get a cut of it. And so that's- I'm willing to wager Fanatics has a even better retail distribution model than Tops does. When I say retail, I mean to the public, to stores, to all that. And as such, they can probably product place even better. That's definitely a positive. But thinking about history, if you remember when Don Leaf playoff lost their license after 2005, and there's other reasons to supposedly or not supposedly, but one of the official reasons given was that DLP made the best company for hobby sales but they were the worst company at the time for putting their products into the big box stores. Tops got the big box stores, but they're not as big store retail or even smaller store retail as Fanatics is. So that's something where you can get extra distribution into extra locations, more eyeballs looking at what you're doing. I want to put this in the context of the hobby. If we fast forward five years, it could be that Fanatics is the exclusive card licensee of all the leagues and all the players associations they are experts in selling other people's stuff okay that could mean that they have side deals with panini upper deck and tops to keep doing what they're doing but underneath this umbrella brand of fanatics 
but I, I think Tops is not in a good leverage position, or Panini even. It looks to me like Fanatics is going to be in the driver's seat. I don't want to say officially, but allegedly Tops found out what we all found out three hours before we found out. I also read that they did not even know that both the Players Association and Major League Baseball were even talking to someone else about this. So that if, if those reports are true, they were caught completely uh, off guard. The silver lining here is that the Players Association and Major League Baseball, they're working closer together than they ever have. Yes. The reason Tops probably didn't get a right of refusal is because it's a completely different type of agreement that Fanatics is not the licensee. They are a partner yep. with Major League Baseball and the Players Association. They're all going to be sitting at the same table. It's going to be open book accounting. The more Fanatics makes, the more the players and the leagues are going to get. They're going to be doing whatever is best for all of them, which might mean including tops in some way, uh, but they're going to have all the power. What do you think about tops? And Panini, they're going to be in the same boat here. They're not exactly on the same page. In the fine print of the announcement, Panini is going to be affected by this when the PA agreements, and so they're not going to have any players. Yeah. Uh, their whole product is is in jeopardy mm -hmm. uh, unless they want to get draft picks, non-PA members. And the, the specter of basketball and football being right behind on this announcement. Uh, it, Panini, so Panini, I think, is not going to be huddling up with Tops right no. now. They're going to be huddling up no. with themselves. I think this is a good time for the hobby, especially folks in product development and marketing, to get some new blood in there with new ideas and new concepts because we've needed that for the last decade now. If you think cards are overproduced or we're in a junk wax 2.0 era, this is an agreement that is to expand the category. <laughs> yeah, this 10X that Rich mentioned, that I saw that as well, that's aspirational. They're tipping their hand. That's their, where they want to take it. Now, if the distribution is broad and thin, if they don't blanket the world with cards, and that's tricky. How do you can get it out there, but not so it's everywhere, but it's available enough that it's not a commodity, but it's still collectible, but there's a lot of it out there. That's what they're trying to achieve. If they do, again, there's more collectors, so they need more cards. You need to keep that supply-demand equilibrium. But the whole goal here with Fanatics is not to print the same amount of cards they did this year. It's to increase it every year. They must be confident that they can grow the category, the collector base, because you're not going to print more cards and, and, and tank the hobby. And these are smart people that there's potential to grow the category and go complete mainstream, which I've always wondered why the hobby wasn't mainstream. Who doesn't want to collect cards? Well, Victor is there, Victor Schaefer, who's uh, one of the really sharp guys, been around 30 30 plus years, plus years he's a original pro set guy, but yeah, I don't know that he was the adult in the room even when he was a really sharp young guy. He's got a lot of experience, so I like the fact that he's there. I think yeah. Victor Schaefer actually created the concept, which, by the way, began in racing when he was at Press Pass, of game-used items on cards. People, human nature, we're scared of change. Sometimes change is good, but we're still scared of it. No, We're still scared of it. Certain people... Certain people are scared of change, but most entrepreneurs are not. They see change as an opportunity, even crisis as an opportunity. Michael Eisner is one of those guys. He's going to try to figure out how he can get the best of this change. It's now been foisted on him. He's making the calculation, does my bargaining position increase over the next four or five years, or is my brand equity dissipating? And if he thinks his position is going to strengthen by 2025, he's going to wait it out. 
But I think his position is going to weaken. So he's going to need to do something sooner because every year he's more of a lame duck and there's more uncertainty. I think they need to be huddling up right now. Same thing with Panini of how do we get ahead of this? Because, like I said, they, nobody likes change except for the person that wants to capitalize on it. And I'm sure that's the way Michael Eisner thinks. He was maybe counting his money before he had it with the SPAC. But that, that's long gone now. We're about to find out which of these companies have really great leadership in place. Those that endure were led by creative and uh, innovative and adaptable leaders. There was another fine print in the announcement that mentioned that Fanatics in this new agreement and the Players Association in the leagues, there would be some participation in secondary market sales. That happens with NFTs because every time something changes hands. Mm -hmm. But if they're going to get a cut, the players and the leagues and Fanatics Every time a card is sold, not originally, but secondarily, that would have the players and the owners of teams licking their chops. That's where the big bucks Unless these cards are sold on a platform that they own. If you have a card. Isn't that what Fanatics does? Yeah. They create platforms. They create platforms. I would be shocked. How would they get that caught on a non-Fanatics platform? Like eBay, for Let's see. Let's spell Fanatics C O M C. Yeah. Or Starstock or yeah. something. There's that they can acquire. They've got 18 billion to play with, guys. Yeah, they got it. They can pretty much buy the whole sports world. There's tops the brand and then tops the company, the management structure, the leadership, the people making the decisions. There is some True. question of whether or not Major League Baseball and the Players Association had lost confidence in the leadership of Tops to manage True. that brand. But the brand is still strong. The brand has great value. In fact, that made it most of the value. And in the SPAC was not just based on earnings. It was based on the strength of the TOPS brand. How does this change how they do business uh, on the LCS level? I think it, it won't be that bad. No, I take the opposite point. I think not only is it not bad, I think it's going to be great for the LCSs because that's what Fanatics is all about. But retail distribution and exposure and the LCS is, are the best billboards that our industry has that are uh, Monday through Friday, weekends. How, how many times have we heard the lament of somebody starts a store and how difficult it is for them to get distribution from the card companies? Mm -hmm. I think if uh, Fanatics brings some common sense to it, say, why are we making it difficult for brick and mortar LCSs to get a reasonable amount of product? Yeah, imagine if all the LCSs could order what they wanted. Not fully, but, but they, there'd be some allocations. <laughs> but, you, but you know what I'm saying? Instead of getting one box allocated, well, yeah, get like a couple of It also wouldn't surprise me if Fanatics starts opening up their own hobby stores. Yeah, they already and have stores. Every mall, every high-traffic shopping area, airport terminal, whatever. It was pointed out that they own lids. Yeah. So they've already they already start selling cards stores. at lids. All they have to do is add baseball cards. That's not hard to do. <laughs> Well, the, the lens stores are small, though. Yeah, but still, they're in the malls already and having to lay out more money to be there. You're there. Plus, yeah. The future is this hybrid between digital and real life. The fact that they've got brick and mortar, it doesn't have to be huge brick and mortar. It may be, hey, we'll have this product for you tomorrow or next week. Just tell us what you want. So it's a distribution point. They don't need a lot of retail footprint.